Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Reaching the Summit podcast, a rare two podcasts in one week podcast. My name is Todd Buckingham. You can find me on Twitter at ReachSummitPod. Joined today by Zach Dosh, and you can find me on Twitter at Zachary Dosh. And, and our compadre, Greg Steeman, is somewhere over Oklahoma right now, uh, so he'll be unable to attend tonight. Yeah, we weren't going to try to get him uh, uh, joining via plane or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but uh, we miss him, but I'm sure he'll be on next week. Um, you know, and it's, it's kind of too bad because he did that South Dakota-USD game, too, so it'd be been good to get his thoughts, but uh, we can right. always fo- uh, follow up with that next week, too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're not just stringing you guys along that Greg will be back just to keep you listening. He will be back Uh, just and was planning on this week. It just didn't work out. So, well, I said we had two podcasts in a week. So on Thursday, we interviewed Commissioner Josh Fenton of the Summit League. So I want to kind of just start out with our thoughts of that interview. Obviously, we didn't get a chance to break that down at all. Uh, so, Zach, I'll let you go first. Just any initial thoughts as from the interview with Commissioner Fenton? Well, I, you know, I think first off, you know, he's a very impressive guy. You yeah. know, and I'm, not, I'm not just saying that. You know, clearly he's accomplished a lot in his career already. Um, and so I, I think that's the first thing that really struck me. You know, I know a lot of times these conference commissioners uh, at this level, they can kind of be, you know, sort of the cherry on top of their career. You know, they, they probably coached for a while and they were maybe in AD for a while. And then sort of as they ride off in the sunset, then they're a conference commissioner. Um, and and that could, you know, sort of lead you to being more defensive. You know, generally you don't have the energy or connections to really be proactive like you need to be. Uh, that's not the case at all here. I mean, he's basically in the prime of his career already with a bunch of good experience, a bunch of good things that have worked. I mean, building that NCHC from scratch, winning national championships, NCHC TV, putting together the whole pod, all that stuff. He's a very, very capable guy. So there's not really going to be anything that he's going to run into that he's not going to have an answer for. Uh, So that's the first thing that definitely struck me. And then the other thing that, that struck me was, you know, he has a good balance on the situation. You know, he's not he doesn't have tunnel vision on one thing. It's not like, oh, I need to get, you know, 12 football teams or uh, schools that play football in this conference and we got to get to a football conference and like he's not fixated necessarily on one thing the first thing he's doing is obviously making the summit league as attractive as possible and the good news is there's a number of things that he should be able to fix or improve upon relatively quickly there's a lot of opportunities uh one i think is is the the media coverage and yeah. just the social media presence all that stuff um no question it could be unified it could be polished I'd expect that to be done sooner rather than later. That's actually not all that hard of a fix, in my opinion. Um, and then so with that comes just a raised presence and p- probably enhanced revenue, right? Mm-hmm. And, and revenue is an incredibly big thing when you're talking about, you know, holding on to maybe Western Illinois or Kansas City or whatnot. You know, the, the one thing that we should point out, and I know everybody kind of rolls their eyes when we're talking about conference realignment here. Um it's not like Kansas City or Western Illinois or whomever doesn't like the Summit League. Right. They have to like their basic their situation is particularly with some of these schools is they have to do what puts them in the best possible financial situation because they're in such a precarious situation. Yeah, I mean an extra 
50, 100 grand, whatever, that can be a big deal for those programs. You know, there's a lot of schools that wouldn't blink at that, but not some of those schools. And so, you know, if if Western can go to a conference where there's three other Illinois schools in there, it's just like, all right, I expected to look at that. But so Commissioner Fenton is focused on watering the grass where his feet are, not, you know, is the grass greener on the other side of the fence. So, yeah, you know, obviously making the situation as attractive to their current uh member institutions is the most important thing. And then that, that trickles down to, okay, if you do want to go attract somebody, then you have a more attractive package to offer. So he kind of understands the order of operations of what needs to happen here. Um, it's not all that complicated and he's done it before. So, I mean, that, like, that's the biggest thing for me is it really excited me that he um, sees just nothing but opportunity here. And so right. we know that the conference is doing fairly well right now. Um, but you know, as, as we we start talking about two bid leagues and things like that, and, and um, it can only be better, right? There's nothing but opportunities. That's how he looks at the situation. And so I was very appreciative of that. And, and, and I was surprised just how open he was with us. Cause you know, you never know. I mean, it's just like, you know, part of me wouldn't blame him if he just kind of gave us, um, right. you know, just kind of the company in line, you know, especially as he's just getting going, but no, he dug into some things and, you know, he's clearly going to be very open with us. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to come back on the pod, you know, if uh, when we want him, which which I'm sure is going to be quite frequently. But, um, you know, he's very open with us. And and so I definitely appreciate that, too. Um, so, no, I, uh, I I just couldn't be more excited about it. Uh, what about you, Todd? What, what are your, some of your thoughts? Well, I, I want to just start out with he came on as a brand new commissioner. You know, I don't know what he knew of the podcast or what have you. Um but we just asked and he's like, absolutely. So, I mean, I just was impressed with the fact that he was willing to be open and, and that the league as a whole is, is, is welcoming to what we're doing. I, I want to kind of go back to one of the things you said, as far as member institutions, you know, Kansas city, it kind of sounds like the Missouri Valley. If the Missouri Valley would have had them, they would have jumped at the chance, mm-hmm. but Western Illinois, it was them deciding from everything that I can understand them deciding to stay and, and not the Ohio Valley, the Ohio Valley would have loved to have Western Illinois. And Mm. so I I think just that the fact that member institutions, once he was in and was able to communicate with them a little bit, it, it immediately made the conference more attractive, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved his push towards, setting standards for the current members mm-hmm. and really saying, if we want to be something better than what we are, that it really comes down to having kind of a bottom line for each member institution. And as mm-hmm. all the member institutions agreeing that that's what they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think, you know, when you think about resources and things like that, like, you know, we talked last week on the podcast about St. Thomas wanting to move, to something bigger and better. Well, if the summit league becomes bigger and better, like what reason mm-hmm. do they have to do that? And, and so I, I hope that's the direction you think of St. Thomas, you think of Oral Roberts, even Denver as a private institution, three private institutions with some, some financial backing behind that. All the Dakota schools, yes, the populations are smaller, but the passion for college sports is there the reason the SEC is so big in college sports is because there just isn't a lot else to compete with it. And there's some of that with the Dakotas as well. So there's this base 
of ability to grow. And I think he sees that. And I love the idea of really pushing the member institutions to meet that standard. And and uh, so yeah, I'll go on a, my, my second thing with that. And, and we talked to you, yeah. you mentioned it too, Zach, the TV deal. I just think that's such a big thing. And I like the fact that he even admitted to us Thursday, Saturday is great, but it, he didn't say it this way, but if ESPN wants to play games for the summit league on ESPN two on Fridays, mm-hmm. the summit league is playing Friday games. Yeah. And so, so like he, it's he, the he, same concept with like Max on Wednesdays. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yep. And, and so there's this, I, I just appreciated the vision and I, I don't know if you saw my rant on Twitter, but with the Oral Roberts Western Illinois game, you've got two of the better teams in the conference. They're on the Western Illinois website streaming from there. Fine. That's many schools in the in the Summit League. That's how they broadcast games right now, right? Well, they you either had the option to watch the radio broadcast, or not watch, listen to the radio broadcast, or watch a stream with no audio. That's just not like, we got to be better than that. In my opinion. Yeah. Like you've got Western Illinois or Roberts game went down to the buzzer and you can either listen to it on the radio or watch a soundless stream or just the stream from in the, and I get that, that Western is, is a student run um, operation there that, that they have a broadcasting school and all of that. But like that's the when I think of him saying we want to have a standard, like that's mm-hmm. what I anticipate a standard being, like whatever it's yeah. going to be. And and I love the fact that they broadcast with students doing the broadcast, and it it's college. They're they're learning just like everybody else, right? But to have no audio for that game, and I had mentioned on Twitter there were two national Twitter accounts with over ten thousand followers. Both had said they were excited to catch that game. Mm-hmm. Like it obviously caught some yeah. attention, and then you can't even hear the broadcast. So like that's the kind just, of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just it goes in so many different directions. I don't know. Have you have you ever listened to or watched uh, Requiem for the um, Big East? Yeah, it's at ESPN thirty for thirty. It, it's actually fantastic, and it basically describes this situation like. All the Big East schools were in this situation, right. except it was like 40 years ago. Right, right. <laughs> and so it, it's good to, to, to think that we're still kind of dealing with these same things now. It just seems kind of silly. Um, and it, it, I have and, and I don't even know if I really want to spend a ton of time on it because, quite honestly, it's going to get fixed. Like there's going to be right. unified right. coverage of the conference. It's 2022. I almost said 2021 there. It's 2022, I think. And uh, it's going to get done. The technology is actually evolving pretty rapidly. It actually doesn't even cost all that much to put together one of these shows. That's just kind of one of the things that I've learned behind the scenes, especially when a lot of these places already have the equipment. It's just about getting organized and doing it. And you're able to sell, you know, not only at national ads, uh, so there's increased revenue, but just the awareness, like to build the awareness and togetherness of this you know they they talked about big mondays at the big east like that's what it was everybody knew they're the only show going on and that's you know the big east went from basically nothing 
they, I mean, because there wasn't even a conference. A lot of these schools were independents to being the best basketball conference in America relatively shortly um, and having three teams in the final four. And and obviously that, that's a, a pretty dramatic situation. But what, what the other thing that happens is like it not only does it raise awareness amongst fans, but it also raises awareness amongst recruits right. and their parents exactly. who want to be able to watch them play. Yeah. And they start yeah. looking at these. I mean, because they talked about all these kids, you know, they talked about being able to recruit and all of a sudden California because kids are actually watching these shows because they're getting home from school and they're turning on the TV. And what is it? It's Syracuse Georgetown. Yeah, right. Exactly. So th- there's so much of uh, and, and this is I'm sure Coach Fenton or Commissioner Fenton would echo a lot of this stuff that can get done. And, you know, he's the guy to do it. Uh, he's already done this. And it, so it's it's coming. I feel very comfortable about, to say that how it exactly comes together. That's yet to be decided. There's definitely a couple of viable options out there. It's more or less who steps up and does it. Um, but that's going to be a big deal for this conference because you're right. I hate going on and trying to find streams. And then I'm trying to watch the Denver game and it's premium content. And it's like, really? Right. It's premium? Right. Yeah. Like, and, and it's like, so um, anyway, just getting everybody on the same page. It can only help. It can only help. Rising Tide raises all ships. And better media coverage is the rising tide. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I just want to be clear. This wasn't a Western Illinois. Yes, it was specifically that game. But Western often has has audio on there. It's just that Western isn't alone in this. Well, they're not the media company either. Right. Yep. And and you you mentioned Denver with the paywall. Uh, Omaha has had audio issues trying to prop cross over their radio broadcast um oral roberts actually does it pretty pretty well all things considered but they're also an evangelical school that probably broadcasts a big giant uh, sunday service so some mm-hmm. of the stuff is just there that isn't at other schools yeah but it's just kind of i i think you hit it on the head when you said it's organizing it yeah it's, yeah it, it, and, it's more about organizing like the a lot of the investment has already been made by somebody Right. And there's probably going to be a lot of independent contractors involved in this, and that's fine. I mean, that's not a big deal at all. Um, but, you know, it's going to get done, and it's got to get on ESPN+. Plus. I mean, right. say what you want. There's really nothing that rivals ESPN+, Plus out there. there uh, and so all the games have to get picked up there. You know, and some of the games do now, but not not nearly enough. Yeah, and, and you know, we won't pretend to know why or what and i do know the the office reached out last year when we ranted about this a little bit and did explain there are some very tricky broadcasting situations in different um areas but i guess yeah it's just gotta get figured out and yeah and 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 it's and 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 it's fragmented i think that's the trickiest part is like you're dealing with a lot of variables because it's fragmented um but you know i guess you know, I, I think the the last thing I'd say is I'm confident it's going to get fixed. Like, I'm yeah. not actually as concerned about it. I, yeah. I was I was more curious about it before we talked to Commissioner Fenn. But now we talk to him. It's just like, OK, yeah, that's that's going to get fixed. Yeah, it, I'm certainly glad it's him versus me trying to figure it out because. Oh, yeah, he's, he's well equipped. <laughs> I, I, I I don't have any good ideas. I just complain about it. And yeah, and he, I, I really. I, I agree. And I, given the resource of schools and the passion of the fan bases, I just, I feel like the growth is right there, ready to happen if it can get organized. And I, and I do feel like that will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think it, I, it, I left there 
feeling like we're on the verge of a step forward. Definitely. Definitely. So, and I think that kind of wraps up at least my thoughts on the interview in general. Um, yeah. You know, I, the, the other thing, and I, and I kind of touched on it, just how much I appreciate how he's not, doesn't have tunnel vision towards one thing, you right, know, right. this could go in a lot of different situations. It's about, you know, investing in our existing member institutions and then also seeing what else can add value. And I don't think it was a coincidence that he used that word several times, especially when we brought up some of the other teams that we were curious about. You know, right. Augie's a big one. And that we've always speculated that they, you know, what do they add? Like, they need the right. Summit League more than the Summit League needs them. And so I thought that was very telling and probably not a great sign for Augie. Yeah. But, you know, again, I've never really understood what Augie's trying to do either. So, well, uh, and you know, if you think back, it, 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 I, I want to echo your point that it's getting the 10 members strong and then adding value from there. I really think that's mm-hmm. what he was focusing on. And mm-hmm. you think about the teams that have been lost in the last several years. Oakland, I think you could argue, is a good program, good school mm-hmm. that the Summit League kind of lost out on. But IUPUI in Fort Wayne, Good good luck to you. Uh, in yeah. reality, if we're trying yeah. to build the strongest league, they did not yeah. build a stronger horizon by bringing in IUPUI in Fort Wayne. Yeah. And yeah. and so I just really like the focus of let's get the ten members strong, as strong as they're going to be. I mean, there's always going to be teams that aren't as good and teams that are better, right? I mean, it's just you can't play and all be five hundred. But yeah. it it's getting those strong members and then figuring out, is there something we want to do from there? I appreciated that quite a bit. Yeah. The, the one question that I kind of wish I would have like pressed him on a little bit more. Uh, and I figured maybe that can be a follow-up question once you kind of get settled and whatnot is look, if the conference was able, was ever able to get to football, like yeah. Missouri Valley is fine. It, it's good. It's not broken, but if they were able to get to football, yeah. you want to talk about the media rights and just solidifying this thing. Um, that would be unbelievable. That'd be unbelievable. It would. I yeah, mean, it and would be, and, and, and it's, and it's very realistic and it's not, I would not put it past commissioner Fenton. Cause like that's, we know, we know that's driving everything. We know that. Right. Yeah. Um, and to have that be within reach, I find that hard to believe that that is not going to be explored as far as he can possibly explore it. Right. You know, well, I mean, uh, there are already six football members. Right. I and mean, they're, they're really two away from a football conference. Right. Yeah. In reality. Yeah. I mean, and then, yeah. Cause I mean, then you play, you know, you play everybody in the conference and then you play one or two non-conference and then, you know, I mean, it's, it's there. It is right. there. And that's the elephant in the room. But, you know, I suppose we'll let him, let him get his office unpacked. We'll, we'll, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. We'll let them, you know, have a couple weeks in the office and then we'll grill them while we're not playing football in this conference. Right. It'd be the best conference in the FCS right away. I mean, it's right there, yeah. you know? Yeah. The Missouri so, Valley would not be the best conference without those five teams. No. And, but uh, yeah. And we'll figure out some sort of football podcast if they, if they get it going. Um, I don't know sure. that it'll be us, but somebody will do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the uh, So one other thing that we didn't bring up with Commissioner Fenton, but was the 
most common question that we didn't ask him that was asked of us to ask. Last year, we the conference did the mirror scheduling. Um, it is probably the most common complaint I see on Twitter is you've got – so like when South Dakota men's team went to South Dakota State and then South Dakota State women's team went to South Dakota, um, is it's the mirror scheduling. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll give you my thoughts on it first, Zach, and then and then yeah. you can go from there. I yeah. I don't know why the member institutions even like doing that. I mean, they're traveling away as another team's coming to their building when they could probably find ways to save on travel and different things like that. I And I don't understand if you could find a way to do double headers and Thursdays would be tough, right? Just mm-hmm. with timing, but why you wouldn't want to do it. You get more people in the seats. Yeah. There's t- I mean, really two women's teams that are going to draw so much that you might be losing out a little bit. I, I just, it's an interesting strategy. And I know last year they just did it to avoid the amount of travel and COVID. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, COVID still exists, but, um, and, and a lot of that, but it was, you know, some league basketball fan could watch the women's game or the men's game, whichever happened to be first, and then watch yeah. the other game right after that. Yeah. Um, so really the only feedback that I've got on that, my, my only question as to why they're doing this is because, you know, maybe they can get double the gates. You know, there is, there are more game days. True. Um, but, yeah. the, but the question that I have is there may be like the, the net result of just having one night, but two games, there may be more people that go to that one night than there is the other two nights combined. Just That's because I, you can watch two game, yeah. games. And right. so, and so I don't know, like I may just be disproving myself there with that theory. So I, you know, I, that's about the only thing that I can think of. I don't think this saves on travel at all. Um, I do know teams really do like that longer warm up. you know, because oh, sure. the double header, the men's men really only get like, you know, 40 minutes or so. And they, they like that long sort of extended kind of shoot around type of thing. Now, some schools have like an auxiliary gym where they can go and shoot around in there. And, and you know, there's that. Um, but, you know, yeah. I don't know. I, I, you know, if you're taking buses, you, you always take two buses. You take two buses. They do that in the Northern Sun. So right. it's not like they ride together. Um, the only thing I can think of is if they're like chartering a flight, obviously it would be best to get both teams off on flight but i don't know that many teams really do that you know they're probably just flying commercial right um so yeah i i they may have just been kind of winging it this year maybe it just didn't quite get the full thought through and and i tell you what you know the at least getting into a rhythm like this probably saved the season right like if they if they didn't go to thursday saturday games I don't know how they could ever find a time on the schedule that doesn't put one team or the other at a significant disadvantage. Um, you know, here, at least we have Mondays and right. that's, that's right. as good as you could ever hope for in those situations. So, I mean, at least they got that taken care of, but yeah, I, I, I do think that they're going to revisit it. Um, yeah. which is okay, which is okay. Yeah. I I'd be, I doubt they do this two years in a row. 
Yeah, it, it, the, o- the only other tricky part that, you know, it's easy to say doubleheaders, you'd have to start one the first game of the doubleheader at 5 o'clock or something. Mm-hmm. And that's awful early to start a game if you wanted warm-up time in between. Like, you'd have yeah. to start at 5. And yeah. and so that gets tricky. Um, but, yeah, I, it, I liked it le- last year with the games back-to-back. I thought that was something interesting and, and different that – is too bad this year. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's gotta be a fix for it. Um, you know, again, this is where it's, it's great. Cause you can just steal ideas, right? Right. Let's, right. let's look at all the other mid majors and figure out what makes the most sense for us to steal some ideas. It's not a big right. deal. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the only other thing I'll, I'll say about the interview with commissioner Fenton, and we didn't even get into this in the interview and then we'll get into the week's games. Um, this rescheduling for Mondays, he played a big part in that. It's pretty clear um, oh, yeah. that they realized there was an yeah. issue. They got in front of it. It looks like the Horizon League might be doing the same thing now. But the the Summit League got in front of this after one week of league play. I just – it's another one of those times. Like, they got together and said, we got to do something different. And, man, it's going to save – it's going to save the season. We can't have what last year all over I again. Mean, I mean, how many times do you see a commissioner just sort of dig their heels in because they're a little scared and – they don't want to potentially be criticized or whatever and just say, oh, we made a decision. We're sticking to it. And they ignore how the situation is actually playing out. Give them credit. I mean, to, to kind of do this on right. the fly was was a little gutsy. Um, right. But I I think I, I nobody can tell me it's not the right thing to do. It's going to be a little tricky for these reschedules, right? I mean, it's the last thing you want is a perception out there that certain teams are having an advantage over others, right? right. And so – this is going to be difficult. You know, you have UND and South Dakota both playing road games on Saturday. Now they have to go up to Grand Forks on Monday. That's difficult, but it's better than the alternative. Right. It's better than the alternative. It's college basketball. Yeah. Just go play. It's fine. It's, if you want to think of it as football and you have to install a whole game plan and heal up and all this stuff. But, but basketball, you know, the game plans really do not change that much. You don't get too banged up. Just Just go play. It's okay. And there isn't a player in the league that wouldn't rather play those games on Monday than not play yeah. them all. So, I mean, Northern Sun plays on back-to-back nights all the time. It's not a big deal. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the week's action. So Thursday, we had St. Thomas. Oral Roberts went to St. Thomas and won pretty easily, 81-66. And then Omaha uh, scored 98 points, winning 98-82 uh, against North Dakota. And so I'll start with the St. Thomas Oral Roberts game. Um, Oral Roberts is a real tough matchup for St. Thomas. A um, lot of length that is quick. Um, they gave Riley Miller and Anders Nelson more trouble than anybody I've seen give them trouble. Um, uh, Miller made it about three quarters of the game before he scored a point. And uh, Nelson struggled as well. My takeaway from that and Saturday's game for Oral Roberts is that team is is going to be uh, something to handle. They're 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 still real tough. Um, yeah. We we knew that, but I, as we get a little bit into league play here, uh, they're they're starting to show not all is lost with with the loss of Kevin O'Banner. Um, anything from fire? that game? Go ahead. How's how's the environment? I mean, you know, you got the you got the Sweet Sixteen team coming in, St. Thomas. I mean, no, the 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 
I don't believe the, the students were on campus, though, right? No. It's <laughs> that J-term, like we talked about before. Right. They, they, yeah. St. Thomas does that J-term. Gosh, that's so bad for yeah. attendance for basketball anyway. I mean, obviously, it's good for other reasons, but yeah. uh, it's just too bad because their student section is can, can be pretty solid. Uh, yeah. You know, it's yeah. always in my, in my experience. but Yeah, it's real tiny. I mean, there's only maybe three rows at each baseline that I think are the student, student section. Yeah. But it was it was sparse. It was the the building itself was pretty full. I don't remember the exact attendance, but mm-hmm. it was pretty full. Um, the local media had done a pretty good job getting some stuff out there. Uh, it says that the attendance was about twelve hundred and fifty um, in an eighteen hundred capacity. Uh, it was pretty full. Uh, you know, Oral Roberts just it kind of kept the crowd out of it. Yeah. In reality. Uh, well, just, you know what. I think St. Thomas really catches a lot of people off guard by their style right. of play, you yeah. know, and obviously the one team they're not going to catch off guard is Oral Roberts because they play very, very similarly. Right. And Oral Roberts has better athletes. And so, you know, it's, you can't fight fire with fire, you know, right. uh, if you're, if you're St. Thomas, that was always just going to be a tough matchup. We knew that. Yeah. Um, but uh, still fun to see them battle. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's only a 15 point game. Right. It was a 15 point game and, and St. Thomas really, really struggled, obviously, especially from three. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I give them credit. I mean, that's the type of game that gets away from most teams. I mean, they were seven for 34 from three, which you say that and you only lose by 15. It's just like, right. okay, right. You can, you can, you can handle that. You know, yep. um, it's, it's also about how you lose too, you know? And so, I, I don't know. It's still impressed with St. Thomas. I don't think this weekend really changed my opinion of them at all, really. Right. Um, but you're right. It is important to just reiterate again, because, yeah, I mean, we've been critical of Oral Roberts because we have high expectations of them, but they're still very, very good. Yeah, to, uh, They have it, this odd, odd non-conference schedule, but they're, they're very good. One other thing from that game, Parker Bjorklund, I've said it before, he's their most important player. He's the <laughs> only presence they have down low. Yeah. And, you know, Oral Roberts just wasn't going to leave the shooters. So they'd throw the yeah. ball down to Bjorklund, and he took advantage. I mean, he scored 21 points He you know, against some really good length for Oral Roberts. We know they struggle in the post defensively a little bit, but still, they have good length. And you know, there he, are a lot of players like that in that Mayak conference, though. Yeah. There are so many good, like, 6-6 posts that just really, really know how to play because they've always been a little undersized. And so they just adjusted it and they've gotten used to it. And it actually ends up not being that big of a deal as, as you'd think. Um, because obviously the division two, you know, they make sure that you're six, eight before offering you a scholarship. They don't care if you can play, you know? Um, and then the Mayak just cleans up on those guys that can just really play. And so, and he's a perfect example of that. You know, he, he gave Oral Roberts fits. Did you uh, see that Star Tribune story where he was basically he was playing uh, intramural basketball two years ago? Oh, so I tried to click on it. It was uh, I, I, I didn't have a subscription to the Star Tribune, but something about like he was running a social media company. Yeah, he and was playing pickup. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I shouldn't admit this, but I don't have a subscription as well either. But I I clicked after the third time I clicked on it, it just stopped trying to get me to sign up for a subscription. So I don't yeah. know if I beat the code or what. But uh, um, so I read through it. Yeah, he basically ran a bunch of Twitter accounts that were like talking about these different TV shows. Yeah. 
the popular TV shows. And so he just built this network of these Twitter accounts that talked about and got each one of them had millions of followers or what have you. And so he just made money off of that. It's, he's, <laughs> he's in basketball terms, a freshman. Yeah. yeah. Like I, he's a, a junior or senior well, in, in college, but he basically could play three more years if he wanted to. And the crazy thing is, is before that would never happen at St. Thomas. Right. Or Division three. Never, never, never. Like nobody ever redshirted in the Mayak because right. that's an extra year of 65 grand, right? Nobody's going to do that no matter how right. much you like basketball. But now you're on scholarship. Shoot. It's a good situation. Settle in for a right. little bit. Get a master's yeah, he, degree. It's it, he, That's valuable stuff. He tried out last year. Like basically called up Coach Tower and said, hey, can I try out again? <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, I mean, just a really cool story. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, it, it just really cool. The, yeah. the only other thing I'll say about that game, and it goes into the game on Saturday for Oral Roberts, Elijah Lafile, when his, when he's, his head is on right, man, can he make a difference? And he's in shape. Oh, is he ever like in he's, shape? He's got to have lost 40 impressive. pounds and, yeah. or, and put it all on in muscle. Like yeah. it's, and he's yeah he do- went perfect from the field against Western Illinois. I, I was every hustle rebound against St. Thomas. Yeah. He makes a difference when he's on. Well, I'm glad he's getting some playing time because you know that was one thing that was kind of concerning earlier. It was like he pretty much wasn't playing at all, and it's like well, it's okay in some of these games, but you know NDSU's down the road. You know yeah. South Dakota State's down the road. You know. It's, He's going to be a big player in one of these games or in some of these games. So I'm glad to see him finally, you know, running into shape here. I mean, obviously he went through so much last year and right. doesn't necessarily need to be rehashed on here. A lot of medical stuff, but uh, to be able to put that past him, it really has to feel like he has kind of a second, second wind here, a second career. And so, yeah, no, he, he, boy, he got in shape in a hurry, man. And, and uh, he it, it, seems to be understanding his role pretty well now. Right. It does make me, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I cheer for the guy a little bit just because he did sure. go through a lot. And so sure. it is a, a couple of cool stories with him and Bjorkland, just some cool stories that we don't always get into. Um, yeah, I'd love to be expanding into that, you know, and, and maybe that's maybe that's next year. Maybe that's the natural expansion of this podcast, but just to be able to do a little bit of more of that. Cause there are so many good stories out there. I mean, these kids right. are fascinating. They're right. just brilliant. They're multifaceted, you know, I mean, a lot of times we think of these athletes as, as homogenous, but they're anything but that seriously. Right. Yep. I mean, you could be talking about, you know, Douglas Wilson or Baylor Sharman about anything. You could be talking to Mitchell Suker about the stuff he's doing in terms of COVID research. Right. I mean, he's literally going to have his doctor by the time he's done. So there's all these stories. We got to tell them, we got to get to that stock, but right. um, you know, First things first, I guess. Not so, <laughs> so the second game on Thursday, by the way, if we do uh, interview Mitchell Sucre, we might have to get somebody to help us ask the doctorate questions because I'm not yeah. sure <laughs> either of us will be smart enough to. But yeah. uh, so on to Omaha, North Dakota. And I think it's a good – what we could do is talk about both those teams just in general of their two games. So Omaha wins by 16 against North Dakota. North Dakota then goes to Denver and loses – on the road um, and Omaha loses a close one at home against North Dakota state. Uh, I know you did a Twitter spaces on Thursday, which mm-hmm. if anybody has not, that is really a, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, I, 
don't know why you wouldn't love to do the Twitter spaces on Thursdays. It's just us chatting Summit League basketball. If you're taking time out of your week to listen to this, you'll love that even better. Because it's not just Zach or I or Greg. It's people that join in from different teams that have insight. It's, It's really cool. But, no, uh, I, I learned I learned just as much, uh, if not more, than anybody else. So right, exactly. It, it's it's great. Um, you know, log into it. Uh, you don't always have to be a participant. We kind of bounce between games and whatnot. And um, but just just log in and and again, this is just about creating a platform, right? This right. isn't about us at all. This is just about creating this platform for more dialogue about this conference to try to pull more different fan bases together and whatnot. Uh, there's a lot of really really dialed in people out there Um, and that's just that's just great to see i mean that's that's what i like you know it's not all about the raw raw fans it's about people that actually know what's going on you know um and so i really appreciate that but i mean but back to the game here you know both the und games this weekend were really kind of similar you know it it's just this theme of giving up more than 50 percent from the floor is just prevalent and it's like almost every single game. And, you know, they flip back and forth between a lot of different defenses. And, you know, it's not that necessarily people are out of position. They just, they're just breaking down and it just ends up being too easy. I mean, 98 points for Omaha, they could easily had over a hundred. Um, both Omaha and Denver had over 50 points in the first half. And, um, you know, at least against Omaha, they didn't quite have so many turnovers. Denver, they had 18 turnovers. Yeah. So that that's really impossible to overcome, 18 turnovers and, and 50-some percent from the field. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the, the good news is, is offensively, they're getting – they're figuring things out. And Mitchell Sucker uh averaged about 15 minutes a game he's trying to he's just trying to gut it out he's not 100 percent. he's just trying to give the team what what he can yeah. and uh so that, that that's tough to see because he is such he is a really good player man he was off to a good start this year it just seems like anytime something starts to go right for und it blows up in their face you know mitchell suker really starts to take a leadership role like they're desperately needed he goes down with an ankle you know then they get COVID and then they just don't, right. you know, it's just, it's just the perfect storm this year for UND. You know, Levias was supposed to be a big part of this team and he hasn't played a second this year. Right. Right. And, you know, yeah. Brendan Howard playing well, and then he just abruptly quits the team. And it's like, God, man, they just, they need to catch a break. And they're coming up on a three game homestand here all in one week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe it's a good thing that there's not a whole lot of time to practice or adjust or whatever. They just got to keep things simple and go out and play. Just compete, just compete as hard as you possibly can. That's really all it comes down to for them. Uh, But for Omaha, you know, this is more the Omaha that I was expecting. They had NDSU. They actually had NDSU. Right. They did. Um, They they, they were playing really well. You know, you look at their personnel and you're just like, this is not necessarily a three and 12 personnel type of team. You know, I mean, they're, they have some guys that can play. Right. That, that, a, a Cole, a crop, uh, he's a good athlete, man. He's a good finisher. A couple big dunks against NDSU. Um, Frankie Fiddler is a, a nice player, you know, and so they're, they're, they're going to win some games, you know, particularly at home. Um, I think, I, I think those earlier games for Omaha, they were just no-shows. 
yeah. it wasn't really an indication of how they were. And, and that's why I was saying, and like after a couple of those games, I'm like, somebody's got to tell me what's going on with this team because they're not just playing bad. They're no showing. Right. And it, maybe it was COVID, maybe it was whatever, but they were just no shows. And so, you know, I suppose you just write those off, but, um, the, um, I have not heard anything on Grant Nelson. Have you? No, I, the only thing I'll say about it. And, and I tweeted this as well. Uh, you, the way he went down and this is all yep. speculation. So please don't, yep. I haven't heard anything, but he just went down so awkwardly. And that yes. always makes me nervous. Yeah. Um, no weight on his leg when he was carried off. He didn't go into the locker room, which usually at least means they don't think it's something that needs right attention right away. Uh, but he didn't come back in the game and had ice on his knee. Um, I guess I'd just be shocked for him to be back real soon. Um, you just never know. I mean, sometimes those guys are just so athletic that their bodies can bend in different ways. Yeah, than true. Else. You know true. what I mean? Like, so there's, there, there's some of that. Um, but you're right. It looked the way I describe him, it, it was very unnatural the right. way he fell. And so, you know, going at those speeds, you do it a hundred times at one time, you just kind of get caught, you know, wh- whatever you want to call it. But it, it was, it was very unnatural. And so right. obviously you hope for the best. Um, you know, my guess is, you know, you just have to wait for the swelling to go down a little bit and then you get an MRI and then you figure out what, what the situation right. actually is. So, um, we'll know probably more, but I'd be surprised if we saw him this week, but you never know. Yeah, you do never know. I mean, it had to be a good sign that he didn't leave the bench. I mean, if usually if they fear some sort of ligament tear, they're, they're not just having you sit on the bench with ice on your knee. Um, but it just nothing. Uh, coach Richmond doesn't typically does a uh, coaches show, I think tomorrow, but they play tomorrow. So um, we may not hear much this week either. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. Yeah, nothing, nothing official, nothing. Haven't even heard of a, a, a discussion or anything like that. Um, we hit on Oral Roberts, Western Illinois, a little bit. I'm mean, more on the the broadcasting part. The, mm-hmm. I'll just hit real quick on Western. I still think and we talked about this a little bit last week. I still think they're just they're going to be all right. They're not going to be, mm-hmm. you know they're not going to stay within five losses in the conference or anything like that. They're going to, but they will be a little above 500. I think they'll still finish ahead of the South Dakotas, St. Thomas, probably Kansas city. I think they're still a little bit ahead of that group, but they needed mm-hmm. to win at home against Oral Roberts. Like that would have been the time to say, Hey, we had a bad start, but here we are. Uh, and they couldn't find a way um, partially because Max Ace missed 30 some points, 11 assists. Um, I, I will tell you, he could easily lead the league in assists also. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, has been hit with some bad luck. He'll find an open guy who just, even with a great shooting team, they just seem to have bad luck in hitting open shots mm-hmm. after Max finds him with the ball. Um, yeah. But a great game. It was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah. yeah, you know, Max Ace must just wrecked the game. Yeah. You know, I think Western actually played pretty well. Yep. Um, but Oral Roberts just came in and wrecked the game yep. and Max Hasemus. And so that's what he does. That's what he brings to the table. Um, and a huge road sweep for Oral Roberts. I don't yep. care who you're playing. That is a big, big deal. And that is a really good sign, actually. Um, you know, Max is just getting that, that feel for the game where he's just figuring things out, what he needs to do to win. 
and um, it's just really impressive. So on to well, one team we didn't talk much about. I'll, I want to hit real quick on Denver. They though I it's fascinating because Western Illinois really built their team off of transfers. Mm-hmm. You know, starting with a new coach last year. Denver has used some transfers, but they are playing a lot more freshmen than Western ever did. And I, it seems like they hit on, for sure, three of those freshmen. Tevin Smith, Coben Porter, Toko Tynamo. Those three guys are going to be a problem in this league for a while. I mean, they're not just good freshmen. They're good just players in this yeah. league. I mean, yeah. to have Coben Porter bring him off the bench and for him to score 20 points and knock down four threes... <laughs> Yep. There's really not many teams in the conference that can bring a, a guy off the bench that can score 20 points, period. No. Nope. Um, and so he's just, you know, he's one of those guys, you know, he's 6'4". If he's 6'6 six, six or 6'7", six, he's probably at a power five. Right. But he's 6'4". So people can't see beyond that for whatever reason. And and that's to De- Denver's credit. And that that's to Denver's gain. gain. So um, yeah, just you got to love what they're doing there, man. They just, they did a really nice job in the time that they had, uh, they're, they're playing well. And, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just kind of makes you question the last couple of years too, but you know, I mean, they're, they're just, yeah, they, they did a fantastic job with those freshmen. Yeah. That, that's a team that won two games last year and, um, to almost complete roster to- turnover. The, the players that are left other than, uh, Taylor Gatlin don't almost mm-hmm. don't play at all. Right, and so right. it, it just six and eleven, two and two in conference. I can safely say Denver isn't missing the tournament this year. Nope. That, that is not going to happen. Right, they're in. All right. So on to the rivalry game, South Dakota State, South Dakota. You know, South Dakota got it close late first half, but then South Dakota State pulled away again without Noah Friedel. It was at in Brookings. Um, but yeah, no Xavier Fuller. Coach Lee did say that he's out with an injury. I think he said knee, and it does not sound like he'll be back anytime real soon for South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the first thing is a star is born, right? Uh, you know, we probably could have said this a week or two ago, but Zeke Mayo, I mean, <laughs> kid's going to be a star in the conference. Yes, he he's going to be an absolute bona fide star. And, yep. uh, you know, just credit to their to, to South Dakota State's ability to recruit and find the right guy and bring him in. And you know, a, a credit to Zeke Mayo for wanting to go into that situation because, you know, obviously on the surface he's not really looking at a ton of playing time. Right. And a kid that talented probably should be on the floor and he'd be on the floor for anyone else, but he still wanted to go there. And yeah. so give them credit. And and it's and it's you know it, it's an unfortunate way it's coming about, but. I mean, man, the kid's a star. He's yeah. an absolute star. And, you know, 21 points led him in scoring. Yeah. And he's just getting more and more confident. And he's efficient. Isn't He's not a volume scorer at all. He's efficient. So, you know, he's a very smart player, too. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, for South Dakota, I don't know, man. They, they shot 45% from the field and only had 10 turnovers, but lost by 19. Yeah. You know, that that's that's a hell of a combination right there. Um, I do think this is more about the fact that nothing that any team does to South Dakota state bothers them really. No. Yeah. I mean, Kansas state or Kansas city, they couldn't do anything. South Dakota, they couldn't do anything. 
NDSU, they didn't really do much, um, especially on offense. South Dakota State just executes and executes and executes. Doesn't matter who's out there. And, uh, man, it's just it's so impressive. Just their level of consistency. It's just yeah. really, really impressive. The roles are just perfectly defined. Um, they are just uh, an ass-kicking machine right now. <laughs> yes, they are. I mean, North Dakota State was able to come back and and make that a game late. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it just feels like the only two teams that are going to catch the that are could catch them on an off night are Oral Roberts and North Dakota State. Like, yeah, they're just not. Yeah. Oral Roberts was right there, two minutes left, game tied in Brookings. Um, and then South Dakota State kind of chipped away at, at, to end it. And North Dakota State, same thing, came back. The only thing that I'll say is they've so far, all the big games have been at home for South Dakota mm-hmm. State. So it'll be interesting to see them. I'm sorry, no, North Dakota State was, North, uh, was yeah, the North on the Dakota road. State, yeah. 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 And so, well, yeah. I was surprised Comateros didn't have a little better of a game. You know, yeah. that South because I thought South Dakota, especially with Fuller out, was really going to try to play through him because they have done that in the past and they have uh, had success doing that. Um, but, you know, obviously only seven shots. Um, Five from behind the arc, which seems yeah, to be not the way you would want to try to beat South Dakota State with Tassos. Yeah, you know, it's one of those deals. He hits just enough of them, just yeah, barely I, enough of them to, 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 to be looking for him, you know. Um, but, you know, Mason Archambault, 40 minutes, 40 minutes, 16 points. That's big. They absolutely needed that. Yeah. Um, but South Dakota's playing almost no bench right now. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they may bring in Zizic a little bit, um, but they are they are playing lean and mean. And they're looking like this team actually kind of looks like their team from like, what was it, like three years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, where they literally would play like maybe six guys. Yeah. And they were just. You know, they, 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 they got beat a little bit, but man, they would physically rough up teams even with six guys. And so I yeah. thought that was really interesting. Um, I'm really curious to see them play against UND, man. You want to talk about two teams that just need to find a way to win. Yeah, um, no kidding. It's just yeah. that they, they've just kind of both have been kind of bad news bears. Um, and coming off a situation where um, they, they're no practice. Uh, it may be a walkthrough. Uh, my guess is, you know, South Dakota came straight up from South uh, South Dakota State up to Grand Forks. Right. Um, and uh, it, it's, you know, but but in a way, I'm sure these guys, I'm sure these teams are kind of like it because you don't have to dwell on anything. There's probably not going to be much a game plan other than just competing. Yeah. And as a player, you got to like that. You don't have to overthink it. And so, you know, we're going to find out a lot about these teams. Man, these teams. They just need a win, man. Both these teams just need a win some way, somehow. And, um, you know, the the worry with like a three-game homestand like this for UND is, um, you know, it's probably either going to go really well or really bad, you know, because yeah. there's not a really uh, a way to change anything, you know, both good or bad. So um, it, it's really going to be interesting after this week for UND in particular, I think. Well, so let's we got a few minutes left, so let's just go into those Monday games because I think it's a unique time um, mm-hmm. just with those makeups. You've got Can- Omaha going to Kansas City. Kansas City has only played two league games so far because I think they were ca- canceled because of other teams' COVID and then they had COVID protocol stuff. 
We just touched a little bit on North Dakota, South Dakota, and it's at North Dakota, and uh, Denver at home against North Dakota State. Um, one interesting thing that I will point out right now, North Dakota State on the road at Denver is only a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Kansas City a ten-and-a-half-point favorite against Omaha, and South Dakota on the road a five-point favorite against North Dakota. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on those games in general? Well, it's, you know, the, the, those games themselves are kind of interesting, but I'm also trying to look at, like, the big picture here. Like, you know, NDSU has to fly down to Denver, then they fly back for their game at home on Thursday. Right. And just yeah. trying to see, like, the compounding effect of all of this, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, luckily, uh, with North Dakota State, um, obviously direct flight out of Fargo, Denver is an easy place to get into. If we were talking about having to go to like Western Illinois, you know, that would complicate things even more. Um, but, but the games, the game should be, you know, uh, good. You know, again, I, I think the games are going to be the same for, for NDSU and Denver and all these teams. Like, I think these Monday games are just going to be about, you know, they're just character and effort games, right? All these, you know, we don't necessarily want to get too far into the weeds here, but they're character and effort games basically. Well, and I'm really interested with a Denver team that does have some talent and has already won some games we wouldn't have thought of them winning in the in the past. You know, they've already got more conference wins this season, four games in, than they did last year. You know, I, we've talked about this in previous weeks. I think the Denver factor, the going on the road in Denver is different than it has been the last few years. Yeah. And that's the type of game I'm not shocked that North Dakota State is only six and a half point favorites. Yeah. It, I, it's not, I would not shock me that Denver could go and win that game. Me either. I, I think, I think 100% you're right. My guess is NDS2 went straight from Omaha down to Denver, would be my guess. But, right. I, you know, I, I don't know. But you're 100% right. I mean, Denver, Denver's confident. Right. And a confident team is dangerous, even if it's a little irrational. And they have the confidence to feel like they can go up against anybody. And, and, and honestly, they probably don't match up the worst with NDSU, especially if Grant Nelson's not playing. Yeah. Well, Grant I, I kind of forgot playing. about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if Grant Nelson's not playing, you got to take a look at those six points. Um, right. Yeah. That, that may be one or two too high. So, uh, yeah, it, it's shoot. I mean, nobody can get comfortable this year. Um oh. No. And so, no, a fantastic uh, whole week here. We got a, we got a lot of games on our plate. Yeah, that, that there's five teams on Monday that really have a chance. I mean, we know what North Dakota State is mm-hmm. for the most part. But there's five mm-hmm. teams that have a chance to put a stamp kind of early. Like Kansas mm-hmm. City, if you had asked me a, two weeks ago about Omaha going to Kansas City, I'd go, oh, I mean, they have no chance. But yeah. who knows? I, I, don't, I still don't. You know, you said last last week or the week before what is Omaha hanging their hat on? Well, now I'm not sure what they are at all. Like, are they that team that barely competed early in the year? Or are they this team that came out and with all sorts of energy? The, the thing I'll say is they, they have yet to go on the road and show that they can have that kind of energy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Very good point. All these games have been at home for Omaha. Right. Um, and, and even with that said, they have been wildly inconsistent still. I mean, even from game to game and just in terms of their shooting percentages and all this and that. And so um, it's it, uh, a curious one for Omaha. 
uh, going to Kansas City, we don't know what Kansas. We don't know the status of Kansas City. That's right. the, like the number one thing. Like we, you know, they've. We don't know how much they've been practicing. We don't know how many people will be available. All bets are off. Um, good luck for the people to the people in Vegas trying to set the line on that one. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll learn, you know, and, and that's going to be the case this whole year. Like, like we've been saying, it's going to be a (laughs) weird stuff is going to happen and that's okay. Um, so yeah. And and for North Dakota, just to jump back to them, it feels like this game against South Dakota kind of sets the tone for the week. Yeah. Yeah. They need to, I mean, if they don't win, it needs to be like a one possession game. Right. Right. It absolutely needs to be. It, it cannot be a, like a 20 pointer. Um, but, you know, again, for, for UND, it's like I kind of look like Mitchell Sucker was not really a part of that game in Denver. And if he's not, I mean, gosh, darn, they, yeah. they just it's it's they're just scraping the bottom of the barrel there. We'll see. Right. Right. All right. Well, that's kind of the Monday preview. I, we could go into Thursday and Saturday, but it, I think we've hit on every team really um, for the week. We didn't spend as much time on Kansas City, but frankly, they haven't played in so long. It's just there isn't – we don't know much in the last little bit. Yeah, um, we know nothing. Yeah. So with that, I think we'll wrap up this week. Um, I know for sure we're doing a Twitter Spaces on Thursday. I was asked about tomorrow – it all just kind of comes down to, you know, I can't, what I've been trying to do is make sure I carve out that Thursday for that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 if, if I have time tomorrow, we'll do one tomorrow. Um, it just <laughs> only so many days that I can ask the the family to, to give me time to kind of do that. So, mm-hmm. um, so we'll see, but for sure Thursday, we'll do a Twitter spaces. Um, again, if you're listening to this podcast, I do think you would absolutely enjoy that. Um, yeah. So we start them at seven o'clock on Thursdays. Um, but with that, I suppose we'll wrap up this week and just talk next week then. Yep. Looking forward to it. It should be a good week. Uh, I, I head up to Grand Forks all three times this week, so that'll be interesting. <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah. Good luck. Yeah. All right. We'll take care everybody and see you next week.